God has strategically placed you in a circle of people who desperately need life. You've heard me say that for almost a year now. Let me let you hear me say that again this morning. God has strategically placed you into a circle of people who desperately need life. The reality is that that's a messy circle much of the time. It's messy because there are people involved, and as we share life with skirmishes, as we come to this special day in the life of our church, especially in the lives of you, our graduates, and this commissioning time for those of you who will be formally on mission this summer, I would like to spread the net a little wider this morning so that you don't think this is a sermon just for those two groups of people. The reality is that each of us lives life in an arena in which battles are pretty much a part of everyday life. As long as there are people around, there will be battles that we will have to fight. And some of you, over the course of this summer that is ahead of us, will find yourself entrenched in some spiritual warfare that will cause you to quake just a bit as you move off into a mission field, a foreign country even. Or maybe it's just around the borderlands here as you pour your life in the lives of children in vacation Bible school, or maybe it's going to be on that volunteer for mission activities over the course of the summer. You will find that there will be those people who will be difficult. Many of them will be from within your own circles. You're going to spend, some of you going to San Andreas, for instance, you're going to spend some time on an airplane together. You know, I nearly got into an international incident on an airplane one time. That's a story for another time. But there's something about being locked up with people in a small space for a period of time that has a way of grating on your nerves. Reminds me of what my dad used to say. You don't have to be a cannibal to be fed up with people. So some of you will be in the thick of that kind of battle. For you graduates, let me speak to you for just a moment, those of you who are still here. We want you to know that we're proud of you and we congratulate you. As a church, we do. You know, in our society, there are not very many uh, formal markers that, that mark out for us the transition from being an adolescent to being an adult. And high school graduation may well be the best one that we have that helps us to kind of nail down this is a transition in this person's life. My, my dad said it to me this way, you're a graduate from high school, you can go to jail for long times now. <laughs> You'll have to meet my dad one of these days. <laughs> so let me say to you graduates, we're proud of you. Welcome to the adult world. Enjoy the moment. When you wake up tomorrow, get a job. (laughs) Such is the way of the adult world. But you know, really, all of us are called to be missionaries. God has strategically placed each one of us in that circle I mentioned. By definition, we are ambassadors for Christ. We carry with us that mantle that says we are to go out into a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ, and we go out as his missionaries, as his emissaries, as his ambassadors to take the good news of Jesus Christ into a world that often does not want to hear that from us. Battles are part of the 
landscape of our lives as Christians. And so this morning, in very brief fashion, we don't have much time left, so I'm just going to pull down into a bit of a devotional, maybe an expanded devotional, to highlight a few truths for you. I'm going to invite you to go with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. This is not one of those places in Scripture that we usually spend much time. You'll recognize that this is a passage that uh, grows out of the life and ministry of Elisha, that protege younger prophet who followed Elijah, who asked for a second uh, kind of a, a second dose, a double pouring out of God's Spirit on him from what Elijah had. And then we find in this ongoing presentation of his life that God honored that request. We find ourselves in 2 Kings chapter 6 where Elisha has now gotten onto the radar screen of a foreign king. The king of Syria is none too happy with Elisha. He seems to be thwarting the king's plans. And so the king now has it in for Elisha. This is all the first 15 verses or so of chapter 6. And when we get to verse 15, we find now that the king of Syria has sent a group of part of his army, horses, chariots, and soldiers, to go and surround Elisha at Dothan. And as Elisha and his servant wake up that next morning, they find themselves surrounded. That's verse 15. Notice what he says. And when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. I'll stop reading there for a moment and draw this spiritual principle out of just that. Don't be naive. As a Christian involved in Christian service, whether it's in a vacation Bible school classroom, in an outdoor classroom dealing with children, or maybe even on an island in the Caribbean, don't be so naive as to believe that everything's going to be happy and joyous and no problems. Life is full of battles. Out there is because it's really out there. We should be aware that life brings battles to us. Don't be naive about that. There is that segment of Christianity in our day that prefers to believe that once one comes to know Jesus Christ as a Savior, then everything's fine after that. Life will be all honey and no bees, and you shouldn't have any kind of problems. And we have a good word for that. That's called heresy. It's just not true. So those of you who will be doing mission work in the office buildings, the medical clinics of our fair city. Don't be naive. You can expect battles because what you're doing is spiritual warfare. Paul points to that in Ephesians chapter 6. I'll quickly read that for you. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's writing to this group of Christians in Ephesus. In first century, Ephesus was a hotbed, a headquarters, if you will, of idolatry. There were temples there to Caesar and to Diana. And so this particular city uh, was a place where the Christians there were constantly under the gun. And Paul writes to them and listen to what he says. He says in verse 12 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me stop before I go further. and Let me put that part of that verse in perspective. For those of you who will be living in dorm rooms... For a period of time with a bunch of other people who snore loudly and smell, smell, <laughs> smell like they've been doing mission work, <laughs> our struggle is not against 
flesh and blood. That person in your office building, that person who is your neighbor, who needs Jesus but who gets under your skin, they're not your enemy. That's important that we get that because too often in our world, we bring, as Christians, we bring the battle to the personal front. Oh, there's plenty of people out there who could be doing battle with. Paul puts it in perspective for us. He is not naive, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul brings our struggle to its proper focus. And those people that God has placed into your circle are better said who he's placed you into their circle. They are not your enemy. They may be problematic. They may be messy. They may take you to the absolute end of your patience. But they are not your problem. The battle is fought at a different level. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle. And so the two verses before Paul says that, He puts this in perspective for us when he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Paul draws it into proper focus for us. And so whether you're a graduate going out into a world that will be decidedly unfair to you, You're a graduate going out into a world that is full of decisions and full of choices and full of the unknown. Don't forget that this is a spiritual focus that we bring to life. And there will be battles. One of the things that one of my mentors taught me early on in my Christian life, I I needed this lesson because all of the world was a fight for me. Everywhere I turned was a reason to dig in and take shots. When we get the spiritual point of reference right, then we're we're able to understand then that when we come up against the battle, it is a test for us. My problem is not with you or with that person who gets under my skin. My problem is with me and how I see the things in life. This is a test. Those of you who are going to be involved in any number of ministries over the course of this summer, or especially for you graduates, as you go off into a world of adulthood that will take some transition for you, when things look like they are totally out of control, this is a test. Remember those four words. You need something to take into the test with you, clearly. So let's look a little further. We're back to 2 Kings chapter 6 and the second part of verse 15. The first part, the servant walks out and he sees these chariots and armies, etc. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Let me put that in our modern vernacular, if I could. The servant walks out. He sees these invading forces, if you will. They come in to do a snatch and grab on Elisha, and the servant's going to be part of the fallout of that. And in, a, in essence, what the servant says is, in our, in our uh, language for the day, we're all going to die. We're just not going to make it. Look, the, the, they're surrounding us. We're all going to die. Let me remind you, that there are those people among us 
in our world today, some even Christians, who never miss an opportunity to panic. And when the trials of this world and the battles of this life come up against us, there is that group whose motto seems to be never waste an opportunity to freak out in life. Battles are normal. The the battle itself may be above normal for you, but the fact that we have them are just normal parts of life. And so as Christian people, we have to learn to deal with those battles. It helps that we understand something about the battle. It may be normal for us to freak out a little bit and to get a little bit shaken in those battles as they come against us. It may be normal. It's just not acceptable if you know Jesus Christ. I know that sounds a little bit abrupt, and you'd expect me to be a little more gracious in that, but the reality is that we don't have to look at those people, those horses and chariots that are surrounding us that came for a snatch and grab. It may well be that it's understandable, but it's not acceptable for us because, well, let me, let me show you a couple of things that the servant does and then what happens from that. He said, let's freak out. What are we going to do? It's, we're all going to die. But what he did right in this is he took it, that situation, to a person who had some spiritual maturity about them. We might even say it this way. Elisha represents the one who has some spiritual snap to him. Look what he does. Verse 16, Elisha says, by the way, this is a life hack for you. If your life seems to be spinning out of control and the battles that come at you seem to be winning for you, you need to internalize the truth of verse 16. Elisha said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He doesn't say, nah, they're not really out there. There will be those. (laughs) There are those in this world who believe that just You know, say it's not so, and it won't be so. That's a philosophy of life that a good theological term for that is hogwash. Don't deny the reality of what's out there. But he he builds off of that reality. And what we find with Elisha is the lesson that we all need to get, and that is that there is a spiritual point of reference, a spiritual perspective that we bring to the battles of our lives. Look at verse 17. Here's what it is. Elisha moves on other than the life hack of verse 16. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. (laughs) In your battles, trying to figure out how to do college, trying to figure out how to calm down a class full of seven-year-old kids, trying to figure out how you're going to get from point A to point B with a bunch of people from out of town who don't understand El Paso traffic or trying to live for Jesus in an office building somewhere downtown El Paso. All of us are missionaries and all of us will face certain battles. Do not forget that God's presence with you is constant. God's presence with you 
It's constant. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Joshua, as he was about to take over or was in the process of taking over for Moses, essentially goes to God and God says to him, hey man, be strong. Well, he didn't say, hey man. He said, Joshua, be strong and of good courage for I will never leave you. There's not a battle that you face in your life but that God is there with you. Don't forget that. So when you see the chariots and the armies surrounding you in whatever circle you're in, ask the Lord to show you those heavenly forces that protect you, that draw you forward into the midst of the battle, once more into the fray for the cause of Christ. And if you're not sure what that looks like or what that does for you, I leave you with verses 18 through 20. And when the Syrians came down against him, that in other words, Elisha prayed that the Lord would help his servant see who was really out there. He sees the reality. He sees the spiritual reality. And nonetheless, the army comes down after him. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. Just stop and let the truth of that verse wash over you. Is it possible that God cares enough about you to answer your prayer in the midst of battle? And so the Lord struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. I'm going to just summarize that this way. Uh, Elisha uh, asked God to blind this army. They're blinded. And then Elisha takes over and he says, you know what? Y'all are in the wrong place. The guy you're looking for is over here. So he takes them away from where he was into the heart of where God's people were. It's amazing what God can do on behalf of you when your life is on the line. Don't ever forget that. It'll be easy to. You'll walk out of a church service and the words of the preacher get lost in the clutter of the rest of your life. My prayer for you is that God would bring these words back to you on a consistent basis no matter what your battle is, no matter where you're battling, no matter who is apparently standing against you, that you would hear the words of the Holy Spirit as he resonates through your being. I am here. I am strong. And I've got you. Here's the key to the whole thing. We've talked about truth here for the last 20 minutes. But that truth will do you zero good if you don't choose to apply it in your life. For those of you graduating from high school, you're going to go out into a world who does not care that you graduated from high school. The party of graduation is short-lived. I hate to tell you that. I'd love to say just let it keep going. But the reality is you're going to walk out into a business world that says, hey, you're going to have to make it for yourself now. Those of you going on mission this summer, those of you going into office buildings and neighborhoods in our city, the reality is the world in which we live doesn't care. They're hungry, but they don't care what we say we believe. And until we actually apply it into our lives and step out into the power of God as he 
lives his life through us in our circles, when that happens, God will use you in incredible ways to change and to transform other people. God has strategically placed you into a circle of people who desperately need life. Get ready for the battle and watch God work. Let's pray. And as we pray, the invitation to you is that you personalize the truth that we've talked about this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have his life and his power at work in your life today? If not, then we invite you to enter into a relationship with him. It may sound kind of strange, a little bit of church talk. We can talk to you about how Jesus Christ loves you, gave his life to give you life what that can do for you. If you've never done that, we have a time of invitation here. We'd invite you to start the process, start a conversation, if you will, with us so that we can point you to Jesus Christ and his love. This, this time of the service is for you. Many of us know Jesus Christ, but we've been letting the battles of our lives knock us down and maybe knock us out. Today, you've been reminded that the battle is the Lord's, and this is a spiritual battle that we fight. So it's in your relationships, in your job, whatever it may be. Where's God in your life? What does he have to say to you today? And as you come to this time of the service, make those commitments that help to get that where it needs to be. So, Father, as we go into a time of invitation, we pray now that you would change lives, transform people for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together. Oh, to Jesus I serve.